You're listening to the most authentic place in sports. It's the Sports Headline Show. Here are your hosts, Sean Davis and Warner Sanker. Welcome, 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 beautiful people, into the Sports Headline Show. We are here to unveil the next team in our preseason power rankings for this upcoming 17-game NFL season. I'm Warner Sanker, joined by my co-host, Sean Davis. What's going on, Sean? What's up, Warren? Glad to be back. And uh, yeah, I'm ready to talk about this one because I have some personal gripes about this one now. So yeah, I'm irritated. Let's go. Anyway, but yeah, we are about to reveal the number 26 team in our NFL preseason in-depth power rankings. Before we continue, please hit, you know, please follow us on Twitter, Sport10Line8, and continue to support the series as well. You can go over and support on Patreon.com slash Sport10Lines. Or, and actually, yeah, since, you know, some of these are pre-recorded, you guys will get early access to some of these uh, episodes if you guys go over to patreon.com slash sport10lines and go over to nflsapien.com. Uh, we partnered with them. So, yeah, go over there with them. Yeah, they're cool. They're not, they're, they're not great. I'm joking. They're, they're, they're good people over there. No, that's but, great. Uh, I'm excited to work with. But, um, yeah, we're 26, our hometown team. The team that neither of us are fans of, the Cincinnati Bengals. It's a reason neither of us are fans of the of this there team. There is definitely a reason. There yes. Is so many reasons. Yeah. So, uh, do you want to start off with strengths and weaknesses, or do you want to start off with you know like who they lost and you know key additions and departures? I, I let's go. Let's go strengths and weaknesses first, um, and then we can. We can go over their offseason, um, the big offseason moves. But strengths for me, Joe Burrow coming back. So that's automatically going to boost the offense. Um, I think the receiver room is a strength. Um, and if we're being completely honest, that's about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll go over this in key departures, but they lost a lot of pass rush um, and, and defensive guys. Um, so – the defense is kind of in shambles, I want to say. Uh, so, you know, the, the defense isn't looking too bright, but I think definitely the receiver room is something that you can be proud of if you're a Cincinnati Bengals fan. And um, honestly, I think the run defense will be quite good this year. Um, but quarterback, receiver room, and run defense, you like the top two. The run defense isn't necessarily what you would want in your top three strengths. It's a good strength to have, don't get me wrong. But um, one could argue pass rush or corners would be a lot more important than run defense. Yeah. Um, so I, l- let me start with weaknesses. Uh, is coaching one? That Yeah, this is – yeah, it, it's bad. That's one. Two, this schedule we talked about with the Jaguars – this schedule is even worse, and we're going to get into it later, but when you have to face, you're already in probably the toughest, if not the toughest, the second toughest division in football, facing the Ravens twice a year, facing Cleveland, and Pittsburgh isn't awful yet. I mean, they're still the Steelers for the, to the Bengals anyway, right? So you're in one of the toughest divisions in football, and then you have to face the AFC West. You have to face the AFC West and the NFC West this season, I mean, uh, no, not the NFC West, my bad. You have to face the NFC North with Green Bay. As long as Rodgers is there, that's that they're gonna be they're gonna be just fine. And then you have to face Minnesota, Chicago, and you have to face San Fran. This is a brutal, brutal schedule. And I mean, you have to face Kate. Oh my gosh, this is rough. Tough so. schedule for a for a poor team. And um, you touched on it, man. The Browns looking to be Super Bowl contenders. The Ravens looking to be Super Bowl contenders. Pittsburgh um, is still. I have my own opinions on on the Ravens and their Super Bowl chances, but um, and then yeah, and then you have Pittsburgh who has a formidable defense still. Right, and, and whether then, or not their offense is going to be able to gain any positive yardage throughout this season doesn't really matter because the Steelers are going to find a way to beat the Bengals, whether it's nine to seven or or thirty two to, to zero, right? Two zero on a safety. Right, right. Game-winning safety. Um, and then you have to face KC, the Chargers, 
That would this, be something that would happen to the Bengals, though. The, right. The snap goes over Burrow's head to try to lead a game-winning drive and rolls out of the back of the end zone. Right? Rolls out the back of the end zone. That's hilarious. But, uh, yeah, the schedule's brutal. Um, and then another weakness, the offensive line. This offensive line is absolutely pitiful. And we talked about it with the Jaguars. At least the Jaguars have something on their offensive line. Um, and then strengths, Joe Burrow, wide receiver room. And actually, they're adding some things back to this defense that weren't there. I think we're kind of sleeping on their secondary. It's not great, but we're sleeping on the secondary just the, a little bit. The secondary is full of like guys that aren't necessarily bona fide ones. But guys that are certainly capable in the league, and, and I don't know. Yeah, Jadobia Wuzier, Trey Waynes, Mike Hilton, probably the best slot corner. And then you have a top three safety in Jesse Bates. We'll get into all that more position by position. But uh, let's really quickly, let's go over their key departures and key additions. Uh, it's really a changing of the guard here for this Bengals team. Uh, you lose Gio Bernard, you lose Geno Atkins, you lose A.J. Green. Three stables of this franchise over the past nearly decade and uh and then you also lose Carl Lawson the playoff lose- teams. That's three key guys from those Bengals playoff teams that so many people in Cincinnati love their careers and follow them as players and you know, they're fading to into the limelight of their careers and Cincinnati let them go, which is the right franchise decision um to, to do. So I guess props to the Bengals for that. Yeah, and then you lose Bobby Hart, who was a part of the offensive line that threw a defense that got thrown into Joe Burrow's <laughs> knee. Um, and then you that, lose that William Jackson. put in the Washington football team defensive tackle right into Joe Burrow's knee. Oh, my God. Then you lose William Jackson. You lose Carl Lawson. Key additions, you add Jamar Chase in the draft. You bring in Riley Reef. You bring in Trey Hendrickson. I thought that was slight, a, a slight overpay. We'll talk about that in a second. Yeah. Uh, to Trey Waynes, I'm going to count as a key addition because they did not get him last year. And um, and then you also are going to add DJ Reader, who I also do not believe played very much last season, if at all, actually. I don't – yeah, did he play at all last season? I don't believe so. I believe he was – I think he I might have he opted out. Opt out but, um... No, he just played in five games. He played in five games last season. So I think, uh, yeah, let, let's call that a, uh, you're adding him back. He only played five games last season. So, um, yeah, he only played five. You're adding him back. So, uh, yeah, and weakness, one more weakness, the pass rush is uh, not great. So um, we'll talk about that, though, when we, get to, when we get to the position breakdown because we definitely have some thoughts on the Bengals offseason and their, their move. But. Yeah, so let's start things off on a positive note. Right, and let's talk about um, let's talk about this quarterback room led by Joe Burrow, who has uh, quarterback Joe Burrow. Well, this quarterback room actually ranks um, actually this quarterback room ranks twelfth, so he's just outside the top twelve, top ten. But he's definitely, I think, if he doesn't crack into that top ten by the end of the season. I think something would have went wrong, or Baker Mayfield is the second coming of Drew Brees. I mean, like, Drew Brees before the arm, like, absolutely just got... Fell off. Yeah, just fell off, and he was pretty much throwing with his fingers and not you know, any arm. Rumor, rumor has it that he actually was throwing left-handed all, all last year, and his right arm was actually just, um, it was like fiberglass. Yeah. It wasn't real. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, Adam Schefter confirmed that report, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's kind of hard to believe it because Shefty has been a little, uh, a little uh, shady recently, uh, you know, with, with this quarterbacks, report, right? With this reporting on, you know, certain quarterbacks and you know, just reports in general. So, if Ian Rappaport tweeted it out, then uh, you know, maybe, maybe <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, Joe Burrow. He didn't have the stats that Justin Herbert and actually, ironically, Herbert and Burrow rank neck and neck. Spoiler, Herbert is 11, Burrow's 12. Her- Burrow didn't have the stats that Herbert had last season, but when you pop on Joe Burrow's tape, you see the, I don't want to say elite quite yet, but the great 
ability to sense the pocket, sense the pressure while in the pocket, and making plays and extending plays without going, okay, first read's not there, let me run or whatever, hanging in there, and apparently his arm has just, over the summer, gotten better, which is scary hours if it if it has gotten better and it has improved his arm talent. Because that was really my only knock on Joe Burrow, and it has been my only knock on Joe Burrow. He showed elite pocket presence and awareness at LSU. His processor was absolutely amazing. Off the charts, especially for a coming into the NFL quarterback, off the yeah. chart. And then he, he's accurate with the football. The arm talent was really the only thing besides, I mean, having an offensive line that'll throw people into your leg, which isn't fun. Nobody wants that. So besides that, you know, the arm talent's the only knock. So it can be really scary for the league this season if Joe Burrow has uh, added that arm talent. Yeah, and really the only reason why he's 12 and behind guys like Baker Mayfield or Justin Herbert is because um, with with the Herbert part, Herbert has more more physical upside uh, to him. And with the Baker part, Baker's just been able to prove it longer than the stretch of games where Joe Burrow's knee was fully functional. Um, So I think also with projecting uh, Cleveland, having one of the top offensive lines, great receivers, great running backs with just a loaded offense that bumps up Baker Mayfield as well in his play this, this coming season. Yeah, and really quickly on that Baker Mayfield part, because I've caught a lot of slack on Baker being a top 10 quarterback or not. If you don't think Baker Mayfield and year two being in this offense, having a full real offseason learning this offense, I mean, like, look when, what was it when Odell went down? Week eight? Week eight on Baker Mayfield. What, you can't say he wasn't a top 10 quarterback. If you're saying he was not playing at a top 10 quarterback level, you're a hater, right? They're bringing back most of the roster. Actually, no, they've added most of the, some pieces offensively. And it's year two, you get a full off full off season. Stop. Baker's should be a top ten quarterback. That's my little rant on Baker. But uh, anything else on on Burrow before we continue? You know, just look for him to really cement himself as one of the franchise quarterbacks and and potentially a top five guy once guys like Aaron Rodgers um, retire. Yeah, Brady. Brady. Hopefully Brady's done soon. Giselle, his wife. Hey, can you can you speed the process up a little bit? Potentially, you know, can we? You know, yeah, you, and, you got uh, your Super Bowl away from Bill. Can we? Can we just? Right. I mean, like, every night and and just enjoy retirement together. Right. I mean, you we got seven. Money. We can, money is not an issue. <laughs> right. Right. Money is not. I'm a model. Our kids are set. Their kids are set, and probably their kids are also set. Right. I'm so, a model. You're the most successful. Athlete says Bill Russell in any sport. Just, just call it a quit. Jesus, but uh, yeah. And really quickly, um, in our guy who we both love to watch and a lot of respect him as an analyst, that franchise guy Marcus Women, he likes to talk about Burrow in this way a lot. And I think it makes perfect sense. He's like Aaron Rodgers from the waist down, and like just like Tom Brady from the waist up, right? You know the the way they move their feet in the pocket their mobility in the pocket, the way they sense the pressure, and then, like, how they, for the Tom Brady piece, their processing ability and how accurate they are with the football. I think that's just incredibly spot on, and he could have been more spot on with that. And the, oh, the only reason why he's not Aaron Rodgers from the waist up is because Aaron Rodgers' arm talent is off the charts, and, and um, Burrow doesn't compare quite to that level. Of yeah. arm talent that, even uh, if even if the arm talent has improved as advertised, that's a pretty high bar you're setting. <laughs> top of the top, like, he, like that's, that's it's it's, it's Allen, Mahomes, Rogers, and probably Herbert, and then I'm like, like that's the like no, can we uh like who's probably like it's like twelve guys like in the, in the tier beneath that like put Burrow and if Burrow's in that second tier, they're good. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, let's move on to this running back room, which is going to come in 11th here. And Joe Mixon is probably a top 10 court running back. Joe Mixon is a top 10 running back. But we evaluate the running back room as a room as a whole. So, like, for example. J.P. Ryan, Travion Williams, um, and, and the depth they have there. And, I mean, let's be honest, J.P. Ryan doesn't really push the needle uh, as a number two back. He's capable, yes, but with the offensive line being as uh, 
poor as it will likely be, it's going to be tough for, for guys that don't have the physical talent of Joe Mixon to really blossom into being top backs that can really produce. Yeah. Um, but again, Joe Mixon, as long as he's staying healthy, and I mean, he's performed well with this offensive line being absolutely crap. Right, I mean, so just imagine if you put him around any serviceable, like, give him a, a, the 25th best offensive line, and Joe Mix is going to go to work for you. This Bengals line that they have now, I mean, they'll likely be able to run block, at least. Um, now, pass protection is definitely a question mark, but run blocking, they should be fine at. <laughs> like, they should be capable <laughs> of blocking the way for a top 10 back to get a thousand yards. Yeah. So your true third down back and um, yeah, Joe Mixon definitely saves this. And if you're the Bengals, I mean, you're, you're really hoping uh, you're, you're saying, Joe, Joe, please don't get hurt because after Joe Mixon, it's not that pretty. Uh, I mean, from the little we saw in some AJP run last season, it, it wasn't, it wasn't bad necessarily. Okay. It wasn't yeah, ugly. It just it wasn't pretty. Yeah, it, it is. It, he's not Joe Mixon. That's kind of the point. And then Travion Williams. I mean, it is. I mean, it, it is what it is. But the whole point is, you don't want Joe Mixon to get hurt. He's one of your franchise uh, cornerstones. And I mean, if he goes down, it could all go downhill. Uh, pun intended on that one. Um, so <laughs> the Bengals are going to rank eleventh uh, for this overall running back room and let's move on to this what to this wide receiver room so so right far, for sure. yeah the uh, quarterback room ranked um 12th this running back room ranked 11th this wide receiver room ranks ninth. so it's, it's going slowly up the ladder by position by position and then the fall is going to be Just wait till we get to offensive line yeah it'll go back down yeah it'll go back down right for sure um they've got really three to four capable receivers. I like myself some odd and Tate, but you've got Jamar Chase and T Higgins outside Tyler Boyd top three in the slot. I mean, if we're being Oh my God. Yeah. He is so Boyd's underrated. Cole Beasley's up there. I'm trying to find more slot receivers. It's just that are better than Tyler Boyd. It's, it's tough. He, he is. One it, of the it, w- would it be a stretch to say he might be the best slot receiver in football? I mean, Jarvis Landry's up there. I forgot about Jarvis. But, I mean. I mean, yeah, I'm drawing a blank. Like, it is, like, yeah. Boy, my. Point is, he's really good, and there's not a lot of guys who are as good. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, let me just stop. Let's just stop, stop there. Uh, trying to think about who could potentially rival, um, who could potentially rival Tyler Boyd to be in the top slot receiver in the game, but he is severely underrated. Uh, he's your "I'm gonna find a way somehow to get open" kind of guy out of the slot for this offense. T. Higgins, hoping he can continue to develop. He played really, really well last year. Then you add in Jamar Chase with the 17 game season. I don't like to say, you know, like. For example, the Cowboys got all the hype last year, potentially having three 1,000-yard receivers. Look out for this Bengals yeah, receiver. game in there? I mean, right. I mean, you're going to see a lot more 5,000-yard passing seasons. I think you're going to see a lot more 40-touchdown seasons. Yeah, and, and, and it's kind of – touchdown seasons. And there's going to be some offensive records as the league turns way more offense-centric and adding an extra game. You're going to see a lot, a lot more – uh, record-setting seasons by by players. And really quickly, I think that's almost like disvaluing the accomplishment. Like what Drew Brees did, like on a five-year stretch, it was like five thousand, five thousand, forty-five hundred, five thousand, five thousand. Like, oh my gosh! Like forty-nine hundred. I mean, that he was insane. Right, and the, and, and now you brought it up perfectly. Like, yeah, it's gonna be like four or five guys. They're going to have a 5,000-yard season. It's going to look like nothing because of the extra game and, like, the additional rules they've added to support the players now, and particularly the quarterback position. But anyway, back to my previous – DBs can't touch them. Yeah. 
And uh, to my previous point, um, you know, I don't want to, like, put any pressure on any of these teams or whatever, but this Bengals receiving group, especially that top three, health permitting, they could definitely have three uh, 1,000-yard receivers. Chase reminds me so much of A.J. Brown, um, and I will die in a mountain uh, with, with that pro comp. I think it's spot on. Um Tyler Boyd, Mr. Reliable. He's AJ Brown, though. I mean, he's got, he's got like the the physical upside of DeAndre Hopkins. I don't want to say it. I don't want to say it, but Julio Jones. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and then you have T Higgins on the outside as well, who seemed like he developed a, a decent chemistry with uh, Joe Burrow last year. Um, so uh, yeah. By the way, Stephon Gilmore, I don't know if any of you guys care. Stephon Gilmore did report to training camp. Uh, anyway. Um, that, yeah. That'll show you a little light into when we're recording this video, as that is breaking news. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of realized we, we were showing our cards last episode uh, because of um, the uh, DeAndre Hopkins news. We, we released it on that episode. So, yeah, some of you guys are going to see when this episode was actually recorded. But anyway, really quickly, I might as well plug our own uh, stuff right now while I'm mentioning it. Um, go over into patreon.com slash lines for early access to episodes like this where we pre-record it to have things set up for you guys. Patreon is the perfect way to, to have early access so that, hey, this Bengals episode number 26, I think actually we pre-recorded a lot of these episodes. Um, so where it's like we are really trying to get done by first week of the regular season. Uh, September 9th is the first game of the season. So if we're done at September 9th at 12.59 p.m., that's what it has to be. This is getting done before the start of the season. So go over there, just $1 a month. You guys can have access to some of these early uh, and pre-recorded episodes. So uh, anyway, let's let's continue. But yeah, offensively, this is wide receiver spot. You do have Auden Tate that Warren had brought up. You don't have a lot of guys at tight end. Your tight end group is is kind of meh. CJ Uzama um, is probably your starter. I mean, you could go Drew Sample as well, but uh, and then Joe Mixon, what he's going to provide out of the backfield as well. So, anything else from you, Warner? Yeah, no. The receiver room is going to carry this passing game, but you still have to worry about Joe Mixon or a guy like Uzo, uh, CJ Uzama or Drew Sample coming out um, in, in the short to intermediate routes in the flats and, and just being open because you have to worry about Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd so much. Um, and I think that's that's going to lead to greater production from the tight end group and in, in the running backs and from Joe Burrow as well, which will just amplify this, this passing game and receiving group even more. Yeah, so this receiving group is going to rank – um, ninth, so you go from 12th quarterback, 11th running back, ninth wide receiver, and uh, yeah, if it wasn't for some of these other offensive lines being so bad, like this bottom, the Bengals five, are at least trying to do, adding new bodies into the offensive line, right? Like, but no, this bottom five is bad, uh. Actually, I don't, I don't think any of these bottom five teams, ironically, have been revealed yet. So that that's the, – the, the, the whole point of me saying that is not that you don't need offensive lines because that was kind of misleading. But anyway, the Bengals, uh, they are going to rank 28th in offensive line. Don't take that as them being okay offensively on the offensive line. They're bad. They are bad. Jonah Williams, and then it's a pretty steady drop-off. Yeah, so, yeah, you do have Jonah Williams, a left tackle, but that's not even a stable left tackle uh, spot for them necessarily because, I mean, Jonah Williams has had significant injury issues since he's this joined. This is rookie season with an ACL. Uh, so, basically, last year was his rookie season, uh, essentially. And, and, um, and he missed games last year, too, if I'm not uh, if I'm not wrong. Right, Warner? Uh, I believe so. I can double-check you that. But one thing with Jonah Williams is phenomenal pass blocker, yes, but his run blocking has a lot to be desired for as well. So um, playing that blindside spot on the line will kind of hide that a little bit. But still, I mean, you don't want 
you don't want your, your franchise tackle to have a glaring weak spot. And, and I think his weak spot is certainly, certainly um, run blocking. Yeah. And then um, right, you bring in Riley Reef, who's an above average to replacement level starter on that right side of the offensive line, filling in that right tackle spot. Last year, by the way. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, she's. But, uh, yeah, Riley Reef, uh, an above average or a replacement level starter. Yeah, he, he, he's, he's fine. And uh, you, you get Jackson Carmen in the draft, and I'm like, oh, my God. You, uh, you go – you get Jamar Chase. One of my biggest knocks was, okay, your offensive line's going to suck. They get Jamar Chase, and then the first round's, like, creeping in is ending. I'm like, holy crap. Samuel Cosme – Freaking um, Tevin Jenkins, Lander Dickerson, um, Creed Humphrey. None of these guys have been picked yet. The Bengals are about to get a steal, and they go Jackson Carmen. And trade I think back, trade back and grab Jackson. Trade back and grab Jackson Carmen. And I think um, oh, it's just I I don't get what they see in him. To, over those guys, it's it's just Carmen's gonna likely plug in a guard. Um, otherwise, I mean, just, e- even if like, if you really were more concerned about your guard spot, which is fine, go get Landon Dickerson. Dickerson Creed go, go get right Creed Humphrey. Go get Quinn Miners in the third round, or maybe even this round if you feel high on them or whatever. Trey back and grandma, and you still need a center. It's not like Trey Hopkins is moving the needle for you. Right. I mean, yeah. Again. Or, or just get one of those guys we mentioned, Humphrey or, or Dickerson. So it, it's it's just frustrating. Um, and I'm not a Bengals fan. I, no, it's it, it's it's too much emotional drain to be a Bengals fan. Yeah. Um, that, quick, quick, quick run through. Um, Jim Williams, uh, Riley is going to be the starting tackles. Jackson Carmen and Quentin Spain going to be their likely guards. You have Xavier Suofilo there uh, as well, though, who could uh, possibly get in there into the rotation. Trey Hopkins, behind him, you've got Billy Price, who's not really moving the needle. So I guess Trey Hopkins' job is safe. Um, and so, you know, it's it's not good. It's better, but it's not good. And, and it's going to cost the Bengals and potentially a big way if Joe Burrow continues to get beat up and hurt. Yeah, and, uh, and I – Shout out to Zim Hude. He joined us on. He joined me on an episode, and um, he made a great point. If Jackson Carmen doesn't start this year, which it looks like he, I mean, kind of has to. I mean, it's a bust of a pick because he has to start when you pass up on Samuel Cosby and Tevin Jenkins. Now you're saying, okay. No matter, he's a starter for us. You don't pass up on Tevin he's Jenkins. Better than these players who are likely going to start another or, team, right? Or, or you're saying he's better than Landon Dickerson. He's better than Creed Humphrey. He's better than getting Quinn Miners in the third round. Or it's more valuable for us to get these extra picks because this guy can still play at a comparable level, and a lot of teams are lower on him. So it's just. There's yeah, so so much you can do, man. It's it's just it's bad. Yeah, and uh, I tweeted out, you know, I got a Herbert jersey or whatever, which I will be flashing for our Chargers episode. Um, and I tweeted out, so the next jersey we are going, I'm going to get, I'm going to hang it up because it might be, it might not be worn by Mister Burrow for much longer. Um, the next jersey will be a not Herbert, uh, crap. Joe Burrow. The next jersey will be a Bengals Joe Burrow jersey. It'll be the white one because that's probably the best one, in my opinion, the new white. And all proceeds will go towards the Bengals investing in an offensive line. God bless. No. God bless Joe Burrow's career. Mike Brown doesn't want to spend money. Somebody's got to, and it looks like it's coming from Sean. (laughs) Yeah, right. Sean is going to buy Joe Burrow the rest of his career. (laughs) The Bengals offensively are going – to rank uh, 18th in large in part due to – it's kind of unfortunate because we really started this off 
hitting on the high notes of this team, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and then O-line is O-line, and then this coaching culture is just not great. I mean, Zach Taylor's your coach. He was literally hired for breathing the same air as Sean McVay. So, yeah. Anything else before we close out the offense? Why in the world you wouldn't at least publicly announce – it's more the fact that the owner publicly announced his support for this coach and said we think he is in our long-term plans and will benefit our team. I, I just I don't I don't get it. It seems so simple to bring Joe Brady over with Joe Burrow to recreate the magic they had in New Orleans. It's in uh, LSU, well, New Orleans, yeah. I mean Louisiana. It's just, Bad and rude. I mean, I mean, it's, it's not a suburb outside of New Orleans, but whatever. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. Moving on to the defense, though. Um, yeah. So let's you let Carl Lawson go. You let Geno Atkins go. I'm upset with the Carl Lawson man. I, I'm. I'm. He was such a good pass rusher, such a lethal guy. That. And 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 you replace him with Trey Hendrickson, who. He's fine, but he's not as good as Lawson is, certainly, at pass rush-wise. And, yeah, he may be able to play every down, but at the end of the day, Carl Lawson is a much better pass rusher. And if you if you have guys like DJ Reader, Larry Ogunjobi, um, Sam Hubbard, Mike Daniels, who are all really, really solid run stoppers, why you wouldn't keep Carl Lawson just in the rotation as a second, third, and long type of pass rusher is beyond me. I, I don't understand it. And they paid up to get Hendrickson, too. Yeah, you know, some teams, yeah, and he, yeah. I think Carl Lawson got like a team-friendly 37, it might not have been 37, uh, you might have to fact-check me on this. It's like a $37 million contract or whatever. And um, you pay 64 mil for four years to Trey Hendrickson, who I mean, he, he who knows he might pan out. Three years, forty-five million dollars for a superior pass rusher. And and I mean, yeah, who knows he might turn out. But I mean, he his production came from playing with Cameron Jordan. So I mean, let's not get it twisted, right? He played with one of the better. Now, yeah, Cameron Jordan has. You know, slowly started to decline a little bit, but he's still Cameron Jordan. He's still, still got to pay attention to him. <laughs> right. He still, he still requires heavy attention on the defend, uh, as an edge rusher, right? So, yeah, Trey Hendrickson balled out. But, I mean, yeah, it's almost like Leonard Floyd. Heck, yeah, I'd probably get a couple sacks if I'm playing with Cameron Jordan or Aaron Donald. Heck, yeah, I would, right? So, I mean, Carl Lawson, what he can do from, like, just creating pressure standpoint – and stuff like that. So, um, yeah. And then from the rest of this pass rush, I mean, DJ Reader from a pass rush per se- perspective, that's not his strong suit. He's not bad per se, but he's just capable. But he's, he's a capable not. interior pass rusher, but that's not his strong suit. Um, Sam Hubbard, I would definitely be on a lookout for one of these two guys that they drafted that I love. Uh, and Joseph Asai and Cam Sample to try to win one of these pass, uh, starting pass rusher st- spots and Actually, likely – sure. ed, Yeah, edge rusher, my bad, yeah. Um, and taking away Sam Hubbard's job. Joseph Asai, I really, really liked him a lot. And Cam Sample, I thought at the value they got him at was a steal. Um, I'm not saying Hubbard's a bad pass rusher. He's a capable pass rusher, but he's so much better against the run. And you have guys like Joseph Asai and Cam Sample who have really high ceilings that you could plug in there, like say a Carl Lawson, and uh, have a have a very good pass rusher. Uh, and, and also with Asai injury risks, well, if he's only playing one to two downs per drive, and you're forcing a three and out, then. Yeah, he might get hurt, but you definitely reduce the risk of injury. Yeah, so the pass rush group is not their strong suit, but uh, this run defense is going to be really, really good this season. They actually come in ranking 12th here, and a healthy DJ Reader is going to help with that. Sam Hubbard uh, is a really, really good 
uh, run defender from off the edge. And Trey Henderson is serviceable. Larry and Joby, did I say that right? I probably botched that. Okay. I didn't botch it as bad as some of my. Uh, I don't know if you remember this, this little sidebar here. Remember when we did the episode with Red's problems? Oh my goodness. Oh you, my gosh. Baseball, you should just not be allowed to say any names. With with a lot of baseball players, especially stars being from the Dominican, oh my goodness, you're terrible at it. Yeah, uh I I, I think it was the Brewers maybe. And actually the Reds last season had a lot of uh international players. So, I mean, I was, like, botching left and right. The only name yeah, I, could, I could probably properly say was maybe Nolan Arenado and, the, and Christian Yellick and every other player. It was like, uh, like, what? No, what? Or wait, give me the, uh, wait. Uh, uh, like if, if we were talking about the Angels in that episode, I would have said, Shohei Otane. No, no, Sean, it's just Shohei Otani. Oh, okay. Yeah, but, so uh, I was pretty bad, pretty bad. Yeah, their their D line definitely has um, good depth too. With with um, Mike Daniels as a veteran presence, he's a pretty solid against the run. You've got Tyler Shelvin, um, who is a solid uh, run stuffing nose tackle. Especially if like Larry and Joby gets hurt or whatever, yeah, you are definitely pawn. You are actually you probably Josh Topu as well. Um, yeah, two big run stuffing nose tackles. So, um, you, you know, it, you like what you got from the defensive line in terms of run stopping. The linebackers are kind of suspect though. Yeah, Logan Wilson being your best linebacker in terms of run defense is is uh yeah uh it's not great. Akeem Davis Gaither is one of the worst uh, run-stuffing linebackers in the league, and he's one of their starting linebackers. So yeah, that's that's fun. Uh, Jermaine Pratt is also not good at all, uh, but he looks he looks like a stud compared to Akeem Davis Gaither. Um, so it's really the front four that dominates this, and I think they built this front four to like potentially. You're not going to stop the Ravens rushing attack with this because of with, with how Mark Jackson just too dynamic, right? With how dynamic two guys that you got to worry about aside, rather than just a running back or occasionally a sweep from receiver, right? And uh, like none of these defensive linemen, maybe Osai because he's like that linebacker edge rusher flex or whatever, maybe Osai, but nobody on this run uh, on this defensive line or on the or in this front seven is going to stop Lamar Jackson from running all over them. But when they face a Cleveland Browns team, for an example, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt aren't going to just go run for 200 yards, right? It's going to be it's gonna be some struggles there. So they have definitely built accordingly for everybody except Baltimore. So and, get, get, and, your, get your dang linebackers to, together. It's, it's tough, to, it's tough to, to build for Baltimore. You got to almost run like nickel dime, as like the Chargers showed in the playoffs. Uh, I believe two seasons ago. But another thing with this D-line is with it being so good against the run, the offensive linemen aren't going to necessarily be able to advance to the second level right away. Um, and they're not going to be able to clog it up so much. And that's going to let the linebackers that you mentioned are kind of subpar at, at, the, at the run game part of it. It's going to let them be able to just play athletically, play fast, and make plays uh, with, the, with the defensive line taking the brunt uh, of the force of this of the running game. Yeah, and uh, I have a spoiler for you as we move on to this linebacker group. Uh, this linebacker group isn't good in general. You, you're saying in the run defense portion of it? No, they're not good at all. They rank dead last in the entire NFL at the linebacker spot. I mean, your best linebacker is either Jermaine Pratt or Logan Wilson, must I continue? <laughs> and Akeem Davis Gaither has potential, I would like to say, but he has not put it together. It's just it's youth and athleticism you're relying on here for Cincinnati, and, and that's the key. Um, they don't necessarily have the greatest technical skill set, and they will get embarrassed, but they'll also be able to just play fast and make plays here um, with the defensive line at least being so good at, at, at the run-stopping part. Yeah, and the Bengals, it seems like they've kind of 
struggled at finding out who's going to be like they struggled on hitting on linebackers. They've drafted some linebackers recently. Let's not say that they haven't attempted to invest in the position, but they just haven't been able to develop any of these linebackers that they've drafted. So it just has to pan out for them. Yeah, so, uh, and then moving on to their secondary. Yeah, because we're not going to spend any time. Yeah, they, they, yeah, this linebacker group is, is awful. Jesse Bates is a star. Yeah, he is. He is. I mean, a super, some, he is so good. <laughs> he's just so good. Some could argue he's the best. Say, if you said he's the best safety in football, I have no gripes. Literally, he is that dang good. Would I probably say he's the best? No. Is he top three? I would say so. I think he's in that upper echelon of safeties. Safeties. That's a safeties. Oh, my God, Sean. Um, but he's in that upper echelon of safeties in the league. I think you could probably say uh, – I'm just moving my mic. Uh, I mean, would you say maybe him and Harrison Smith and then – Harrison Smith would be up there. I think you got to give Tyron Matthew a nod. Derwin James, we'll see what he's like after the back. Yeah, back injuries, but it, I think it's healthy. Pretty good. Um, I think I think I'd take Bates over Adams. Uh, just what I've seen from Jamal Adams uh, with Seattle this last year. So it's he's up there. Um, and pair him with guys like Von Bell and Ricardo Allen, which are capable safeties. You've got a pretty scary dynamic safety duo um, here for the Bengals, and then it just relies on the corners. Your outside guys. Wuzier and Trey Waynes, um, who again, capable guys. They're not number one guys. I don't think they're as good as Will Jackson is, or, but they are still capable guys who are going to be able to play well. And when you have Von Bell, Jesse Bates over the top, um, you'll get capable man coverage or zone coverage from Wuzier and Waynes. And then Mike Hilton in the slot, which is he, he's one of the top slot corners in the league. The Bengals are going to have a really good slot game, let's say that, uh, with Tyler Boyd and Mike Hilton. It's going to be fun in, uh, in practices, uh, in seven-on-seven, seven, um, et cetera. But, yeah. Um, and then, like, you even have Darius Phillips. If, you know, something, like, if an injury were to happen or whatever, you, you can go Eli to Apple. Darius. Eli Apple. This team has depth at the cornerback position. They don't have, like, that true elite, like you were mentioning, that true elite standout number one corner, right? But they're, they're, that's pretty much all this secondary is missing from being a top legit secondary in the league. It's just that number one. Yeah, because they're they're 14th with probably having all number two corners on this roster, if I'm being completely honest with you, especially in like Waynes and um, Waynes. Yeah, and Awuzia, yeah. So you're you're 14 with with your two top corners being number two corners on like a, on a championship roster. Oh my God. Give him a, give him a number one corner. It, it's scary for the second. Great for Stefan Gilmore. I don't think it's going to happen. I wouldn't really recommend it, but maybe. Yeah. I mean, if it were to happen, then this is definitely a top 10 secondary. If that were That's, to happen. I think, I think high hopes for the Bengals secondary, high hopes for their pass rush, especially with the head rush that they drafted. But um, overall, the defense is going to be subpar. I, I, I do believe. Yeah, they'll, be able so that, to, they'll be able to keep the offense in some games because I think the offense is going to be able to put up points. Asterisk that with Joe Burrow staying healthy. But um, with everything being accounted for and when they get on the field, I think they'll be able to at least be in some close games. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so that's going to wrap up the defense. They are actually going to come in for this defensive side of the ball at 24. So they're ranked 18th on offense, 24th on defense, and they will uh, ultimately come up ranking in our power rankings 26th. Um, so, yeah, and so let's get out of here with MB- team MVP and the schedule that we alluded to earlier about how daggone brutal this schedule is. But uh, before we get to that, team MVP, Warner. No, bro, got to be. Um, I he stays healthy. He's the team MVP easily. Zach Taylor. And I'm 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 joking, but I'm dead serious. Zach Taylor, if he can be he so may, he bad, may be the X factor because if he actually starts coaching really well, the Bengals could be sneaky, sneaky good. 
Right, but, uh, but like, if he could just be so bad to where Mike Brown could be like, oh my god, he really is a bad coach. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, he's really bad. Fire. Right, right, Mr. Brady, not Tom, Joe. I mean, Tom Brady is probably a better head coach than, than uh, Zach Taylor. Taylor. One other thing. Brutal schedule. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, also, this is Joe Burrows, my team MVP. But yeah, this schedule, oh my God. You start off at home. It's going to be a hard-earned seven wins if you want to go over. Yeah. Um, yeah, the over-under is six and a half. But you start off at home against Minnesota, at Chicago, at Pittsburgh, Jacksonville, uh, Green Bay, at Detroit, at Baltimore, at the Jets, Cleveland, by week at Raiders, Pittsburgh, Chargers. I want to be at that game. Actually, I think I think I might find a way to go to that game. Uh, San Fran at Denver, Baltimore, KC at Cleveland. So let's just start off by a positive. Oh, man. Where 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 are the winnable games at? Oh my god. Okay, so I think they can play with Minnesota at home. Although it's going to be tough because Minnesota has two really really good receivers, and Daniel Hunter coming back is going to get that defense so much better um at chicago i think it's a winnable game if joe burrow was not killed by the pass rush um at pittsburgh it's at pittsburgh yeah. so they're automatically underdogs but if if big i would ben say the game at play, home i would say the pittsburgh game plays as poor as they can i think pittsburgh still will squeak that out definitely winnable against jacksonville but then it, you get green bay now if it's jordan love green bay it's winnable if it's Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay, no shot. Um, at Detroit, definitely winnable game. Uh, probably one you'd expect them to win. At Baltimore, super unlikely. At the Jets, winnable, yes. I would still say they're underdogs, though. Uh, at home against Cleveland, I think Cleveland comes in and pushes them around, if we're being completely honest. Uh, at In Las Vegas against the Raiders, sure, it's winnable, um, but – are they really heavy favorites? No. Um, and then at home against Pittsburgh, I think they'll win that game. I don't think they'll get. I don't think they'll get swept by Pittsburgh, even though it is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, against the Chargers, they definitely beat the Chargers. They're gonna just destroy Justin Herbert. Um, <laughs> no, no. But in all seriousness, oh gonna... yeah, with this elite pass rush yeah. led by uh, Sam Hubbard. This is oh my god, Justin Herbert is gonna be running for his life. Yeah, yeah, you're right. In his fleet. Uh, but they're going to lose to San Francisco. At Denver, it's winnable, yes. Uh, depends on how, we, how how quarterback play is for Denver. At home against Baltimore, I think if they're going to beat Baltimore, it's going to be there, and I think they do uh, split it with Baltimore. But then at home against KC, Patrick Mahomes is going to get thrown for like 600 yards. It's going to be over. And then at Cleveland, they're going to lose as well. So I think their ceiling is about 10 wins. Wow. I think their floor is I think their floor is four. You say three. But um I think ten is a lot. I let's see. Minnesota they could realistically start four and oh. I think both Pittsburghs are winnable, but they're not gonna win both probably. I think they could realistically start off four and oh. not realistically, they could start off four and oh. Three I think three and one realistically. Yeah, real. Yeah, they could realistically start off three and one. Uh, then you add Detroit. We're going to have a very, very hyped up co-host to deal with, but oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's we get into October, well, things will start to settle out. We'll yeah, I, I'd much rather believe me. I'd much rather the Bengals start off absolutely crap. Um, I mean, uh, then Detroit, that Minnesota, Chicago, Jacksonville, Detroit, the Jets, um, the Raiders. Once against Pittsburgh, once against Baltimore, Denver. So nine wins. Is there I would, I would, because it's the Chargers. I would also add the Chargers as a wonderful game. Okay, so then ten. I don't know. Okay, okay, okay. Ceiling, it, yeah. The ceiling is like they could easily get swept by Pittsburgh. They could easily get swept by Baltimore. They can get by the whole division, for being honest. Yeah, yeah they can go 0-6 and in the division, and it would surprise me in the slightest. Uh, I mean, hey, if, if Drew Locke shows some development this year, they, the, I mean, the Broncos might make some 
make some noise and be good by that point of the season. They're literally a can't quarterback. Forget about Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater is about as stable as they come. He'll he'll keep you in the game. Yeah. And um, Denver has a good enough defense to where they can stay in the game. Yeah, so I agree with you. And uh yeah, so mm-hmm. it's a little rough for this Bengals team schedule-wise. They have a lot of room. They have a lot of potential, but there are some major, major question marks. Hence, they come in number 26. So really quickly, just revisiting strengths and weaknesses. Biggest strengths on this team, quarterback, you have a top, probably going by the end of the season, a top 10 quarterback. You have a legit receiver room. And then I think your run defense is also a strength. And the weaknesses, your coaching, pitiful offensive line. And a lack of a true like pass rush or whatever. Uh, Warner, anything else to add? You know, look for this Bengals team to be in games, but also get their. You know what, Kate? Look, look to get rocked. We'll, we'll say, we'll say, look for them to get rocked against some of the better offenses like uh, uh, Cleveland or or uh, San Francisco uh, or or Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers pending. They're, they're, they're not one of these teams. They're not the Bears. They're not the Broncos. They're like, they're a quarterback away. No, they are they a coach. The they got the quarterback. They are a coach, an offensive line, and a pass rush away. That's a lot. I think their pass rush can, can at least be serviceable. But with that O-line and, and the culture and coaching that Zach Taylor brings, it's not going to fly. Yeah, so – that's it. Thank you guys so much for watching and listening. Uh, again, go over to patreon.com slash sports headlines. Uh, if you guys want to listen to these pre-recorded episodes like this one, if not, you guys can listen to whenever the heck we, d- we decide to drop these on anchor. Uh, just know that it'll be by, uh, September 9th. So hopefully it won't be a situation we where won't, we, just... uh, we won't overload you with 26 teams though. Honestly. Right, right, right. We, right. We won't drop the last 20 teams on September 9th. Cause like, Oh crap. We, I forgot. <laughs> no, ho- hopefully, hopefully by September 9th, either if we're not done like the week of the knife, uh, we're on like the last two or three teams. So anyway, once again, guys, thank you so much. If Warner does have anything to add, um, I'm Sean Davis, Warner Sanker. I'll let you close it. Thank you all so much for watching. Peace out.